0: say, you can honestly say, you enjoy, you enjoy going to the doctor. Raise your hand. Nobody in here. Nobody likes to go to the doctor. Anybody likes to go to the doctor? I dislike going to the doctor. I just I don't like it. I don't like going to the dentist. It's not something I look forward to. but how many of you know that it's necessary? My uh, eight-year-old daughter, she had a bad tooth, and she had to get this thing pulled. And I had to be in there with her. She had to get it pulled because if she didn't get it pulled, it would get infected and it would get worse. And you, you almost hesitate. You're kind of, you know, you're kind of not wanting to go to the doctor because you don't want to have the news. But how many of you know that we need truth sometimes to get better? And so, I've, to be honest, like, you know, I, there is a certain doctor's appointment I've just been avoiding. I think I pushed it back three weeks and I'm finally having to go this week because you know there's, it's something about it's something about um, just just having to get something corrected, and we all kind of avoid getting things corrected. But how many of you know that that is necessary to get things corrected? It's always necessary to begin to know the truth because it is the truth that sets you. There is no freedom without truth. And I'm glad that Jesus came in grace and truth because we need truth, but we also need to know the grace of God to bring us into that truth. But I, I do, I do tend to, um, tend to have a little pushback because we all want to get better. Is there anybody in here that doesn't want to get better? I don't, I don't think there's any. You're here today because you want to get better. You want to get better with your walk with God. You want to get better as a, a human being. You want to get better. That's why you're here. And God is the only one that's able to really change us long term. And and but it takes truth. Look at your neighbor and say it takes truth. It takes truth to get better. And uh and and really it takes priorities. It takes priorities when we have a certain perspective, our priorities change. And so uh, you know, honor. She was in that chair, and she's like not wanting to get the shots, and but she had to get the shots because the doctor's like, we got to get this root out. And I'm holding her hand, and and she's like over there, like I'm feeling for her, right? I'm feeling for her. I wish I could go in the chair for her, but I can't. And I'm holding her hand. I'm encouraging her. Everybody's saying it's going to be okay, and that's why you're here today because we need community. We need community to be able to face the truth and begin to see how that truth can make you free. How many of you know that God wants you to be free? God doesn't want you to be depressed. He doesn't want you to be overwhelmed. He doesn't want you to live a life that's frustrated. The Bible says that the kingdom of God is peace, joy, and right standing with him. How many of you need some peace? Come on, we, we have needed some peace In 2020, 2021, we need peace, and and it's there in God's kingdom. But we try to avoid the truth and just want God to just take it away. I'm just going to be in his presence and just take it away. But the truth of the matter is, when we get in his presence, he'll begin to speak to us, and our priorities will begin to change. And so I want to challenge you today. I want to challenge you today because the Bible is clear about Priorities and when we get priorities in line and we get God to help us with those priorities, you will find yourself being really free. Nobody feels free by not handling issues. If you haven't if you haven't cut your grass in a month and you're just laying in the bed and you're like, Well, I'm free of cutting your grass. How many of you know that you're not gonna be free when you walk outside and see all the weeds and the grass is up to your knees? You might feel free in the moment but not making a priority, in the long run, there's going to be a bigger mess. And so God wants us to be able to get in his presence and see what he has to say, get things in line in our life so that we can actually be free. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to be free. And so sometimes we can find ourselves having priorities out of line. And I, I, want, I want to Talk about that because the word of God, it's there to show us who we are and how to change. It's there by the power of the Holy Spirit. Well, we can't do it on our own, but the Holy Spirit helps us. But the word of God is there for us to change. Jesus is the word of God. He came in. he is God in the flesh. He is covered by the word of God. He is the word of God. So there's no way to continually be in his presence without being in his word. We have to have the Word of God in our lives. It is our roadmap. It is, um, it is you know, um, it says in the Bible that it's our way, that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. It is a light into our feet. And a lot of times we can go in wrong directions because we're not looking at the right roadmap. And so i want to talk about that today, James 1.22. James one let Let's put that on the screen. It says this. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. We can just hang it up and go home after that. It's as easy as that. Don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. That's pretty simple, right, Tim? Just do what it says. It says, otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, we hate that word obey, but how many of you know that it's he, he's our shepherd and he brings us into good pastures? So when we follow him, God begins to bless us. So it says this, the word, it says, you must do what it says, otherwise you're only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in the mirror. You see yourself, walk away and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, say free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. So when we begin to get in his presence and we trust him and we begin to listen to his voice and we begin to follow, God will bring us into good pastures. Now I'm not saying that all the blessings that come to your life is only because of your obedience because it is the goodness of God that brings us to repentance. But I'm, I'm asking this, what are the blessings on the other side of my obedience? I believe there are blessings in your life On the other side of obedience, obeying God's word. This is what Jesus said. He said, listen. He said, those that listen to my word and puts it into practice, say practice, it's like those that built their house on a rock. When the storms come, they stand strong. But those that listen to my words and they don't put it into practice, say practice, it's like building your house on sand. When the storm comes, that thing is going to fall down. How many of you want to get built on the rock? How many of you want to get built on the rock? You know the great thing about when stuff hits the fan, you begin to see what's really on the inside. And the truth is, it's going to be night and day, knowing like 2021, you're going to know what's in here. And God's able to expose it and get it right. And so um, today... Excuse me, I want, let me get some water, let's drink to that. Um, <clears throat> I believe that God, <clears throat> can I talk today? <clears throat> All right, I believe that God wants us to get our prior, I just, I'm, I'm talking like I'm a smoker today, but I'm not. <clears throat> God wants us to begin to align our priorities, and so, cheers. <laughs> This is our first priority. This is our first priority. In Hebrews, it says this. It says that um, as, Hebrews 12, 5, it says, and have you forgotten his encouraging words spoken over you as his children? He said, my child, don't underestimate the value of the discipline and the training of the Lord or get depressed when he has corrected you. For the Lord's training For the Lord's training of your life is the evidence of his faithful love. Isn't that good? He said, don't get upset when the Lord disciplines you or the Lord wants to train you. And when he draws you to himself, it proves, proves that you are a delightful child. Fully embrace, say fully embrace, God's correction as part of your training. For he is doing what any loving father does for his children. For who has ever heard of a child who never had to be corrected? We all should welcome God's discipline as validation of authentic, authentic sonship. See, a lot of times we get the wrong idea when we hear the word discipline. We get the wrong idea when we hear the word discipline. God does not discipline us like like with harsh things. God begins to stir our spirit. God disciplines us by moving our spirit. Have you ever been on the road before? I don't know actually when they started doing this, but I'm glad they do it. You know those little ridges in the road when you get off the road, it's like, and you have to get back over? Anybody, when they start doing that, I'm glad they do it. They actually, I think it's called, I think it's called like um, a sleep bump. That's what it's called. It causes you, if you just drift off, it's just and you come back over. That's what God's word or his spirit does when he disciplines us. I love my son, but if my son does something wrong, I'm not going to turn on the stove and say, you did something wrong, now put your hand on the stove, that's discipline. That's not, uh, I mean, I wouldn't even do that, and God doesn't do that. He's a good father. He disciplines our spirits, and sometimes he'll allow circumstances to happen for us to shift, but he does not cause sickness, he does not cause uh, uh, these hardships to hurt you, God disciplines our spirit. And the word of God is here, the word of God is here for those little those little things on the road to keep you, those little divots to keep you to come back. It's like guardrails. Listen, if you don't listen to those things, there's even guardrails that are up. You hit that guardrail, it's going to hurt, but it's still there to save you and to help you. That's what God's word, and when you don't listen to the guardrails, you're really in trouble. And so God puts up these boundaries in our life, not so that we can uh, be overwhelmed by them, but so that we can be free with them. Boundaries actually bring freedom in your life. A lot of times we think of boundaries as being bound, but it's boundaries that make you free. And the Holy Spirit, what he does is when you make a wrong turn, the Holy Spirit doesn't say, you know what, you're an idiot. You're stupid. You're not smarter, you're a failure. Holy Spirit doesn't do that. It's more like Siri on your computer saying, hey, you missed a turn, turn around, right? The Holy Spirit says, hey, this isn't you. And it is important that we are continually in God's word so that we know how to get back into his freedom. I love what David said in Psalms 139. He said this, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Isn't that awesome? Can, can we say to God today, God, search me. And if there's anything that, gets, that is getting me off path where, where there's destruction, Lord, I want to follow you. I want to follow you. That's what David is saying. It brings me to the path of life. It brings me into the promises of God. When I get in his presence, my perception changes. My priorities change. And and I begin to get in his word and God begins to direct me. Aren't you thankful that you have a God that's not dead? He's alive and he's speaking today. He's not dead. And if you want to hear his voice, it's getting in his word. The Bible says that his word is alive that it's like a scalpel, It's like that scalpel from a doctor. It's able to get out that infection. But a lot of times, we have the sense that we just want to do our own thing, and when we do our own thing, we begin to find ourselves, get off the path, and we will find ourselves getting hurt down the road because we didn't listen to that still small voice that God is speaking to us. How many of you want to stay on the path? You want to get back on the path? The Bible says that that he is the way, he is the truth, he is the life. How many of you want a life with God, a life of righteousness, a, ro- a life of freedom in your life? These are not religious rules. This is following Jesus as your shepherd. And he'll bring you to the right path. Now, I want to take, you know, I want to take like a little quiz. I want to take a little test today just to see where we are in our priorities. You didn't know that you were coming to take a test. I honestly don't like tests, but you need tests sometimes. Just like you don't like to go to the doctor because, you know, I went to the doctor the other day and uh, and he was like, how much water are you drinking? And I thought, I even exaggerated, I was like five, uh, five bottles of water. He was like, well, with your size, that's like one third of what you need to be drinking. And I was like, really? He was like, yeah, you need, you need actually, uh, you need like three times that. So I went to, I went and bought me this ridiculous thermos that's like 64 ounces. I'm supposed to drink two of those. Now, I didn't want to hear, I didn't want to hear you're not drinking enough water. I didn't want to hear, hey, you're not really going the right route. But how many of you know, if I listen to the doctor, I'm going to be healthier? So, God is wanting to help us. He's wanting to search our heart and begin to get things in line. And so I want to give you a little test, and this is the priority test. And you have to be real with yourself. Are you the kind of person that you're not real on that personality test? I don't like those either. Like, you, you're you an introvert, but you check that you're an extrovert, you know what I mean? Or, or you're like, what are you, you, you think that you have it together, but you don't. Be honest with yourself. Give yourself a real rating, 0 to 10. Where are you on the priority list? Because God's word is very simple. It's very simple. We make it complicated, but his word's simple. Jesus said this. He said, I'm going to sum up the whole Bible for you. I'm going to sum up all of the laws for you. I'm going to sum it up to this. And we read this in Matthew 22, 37. And it says, you shall love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first. Say first. Is that a priority? This is the first. That's a priority. Look at your neighbor and say, that's a priority. So this is the first and greatest commandment. God's given us a a cheat list right here. Number one, your first priority, putting God first. Your first priority, putting God first. And the second is like it. Listen to this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two, the commandments hang all the law of the prophets. Now, this is the thing. We have to be real with the first one. We got to be real with the first one. How many of you want to get real today? We got to get real if we are doing number one. Because if we're not doing number one, all of the other things that we're doing are going to be out of whack. Because it's like, trying to build a foundation that is not accurate. Listen, if you don't build a found, the foundation right, you ever seen uh, them uh, dig deep with those logs or, or um, the rebar deep into the ground? They had to get the foundation right because they know. I can build a big, beautiful house, and I can, get the, I can have the priorities of get, having marble and, and all that stuff, but if the foundation's not right, all that can come crashing down. Foundational issues are the worst issues. And so God is wanting to draw you right now and saying, let's get these priorities. Where is it, zero to ten, where would you say your priorities are with putting God first? You might say, what does that mean? See, a lot of people, a lot of people want God to be the savior of their soul, but they don't want God to be master of their life. Got real in here, it's quiet in here today. A lot of people don't want God to be master of their life because we truly don't trust that he wants the best for us. So we want God to save our soul, but when, he, when he's like, put me first, we're like, I got it, God, and we go to God when everything's falling apart. We go to God, like, God, help, and he's like, hey, I want you to put me first because you're going you're gonna to avoid this train wreck. You're going to avoid the marital problem. You're going to avoid that job Uh, that job issue. you're gonna avoid the financial issue if you if you put his presence first say first put his presence first so I want to challenge you I want to challenge you to put God first how do I do that put God first in your day wake up and spend time with God talk to God acknowledge God he's there with you he's there with you he didn't fly away because you had a bad dream He's there with you. And God says, hey, put me first. That's why we have these devotions when we wake up. We put God first. You know, it would be horrible if if Trey came up here and played the guitar and he didn't tune it first, right? This is what gets us in tune is getting in God's presence. I love waking up in the morning and, and Leah's got worship music on and she's Writing down devotion with God. It doesn't need to be hours. It's a, it's a few minutes with God that you're saying, listen, I acknowledge that I need you. If you're too busy to spend time with God, you're too busy. Come on, somebody. And so God says, listen, this is the secret. It's the thing that you want to avoid, but this is the secret. Put him first. Do you know why we all gather on Sunday? What's the first day of the week? Sunday. We put God first the first day of the week because we know when we put him first, then the rest is blessed, right? It is the principle in the word of God of of first fruits. It's a principle of the word of God of you put him first and God will bless the rest. That's why we put God first in our finances. God talked about that so much in the Bible, but we want to avoid it and God's like, I'm trying to help you here. We, listen at the beginning beginning of the year we do a twenty one day prayer and fasting because we want to put God first now God will give you grace God will give you grace this is not this is not something like you know what I really need I really need to uh I really need to get on on myself here no 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 isn 't it funny that this woman with this alabaster glass it changed an obligation to a privileged it changed the obligation see i don 't not when I don't read my word, I'm not beating myself up. I'm just getting hungry. I want his word. I'm hungry for his word. And so I want to ask you, I want to ask you, where would you put that as far as your priority list? I want to challenge you. Whatever's keeping you from that is not of God. It can be guilt, it can be shame, it could be busyness, it could be, it could be a feeling of of this anxiety. That's why Jesus said, I've got the antidote for you. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, with prayer, supplication, thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God, and the peace of God will surpass all understanding. Do y'all believe that? So the first thing is first. The first thing is first. Put God as number one. Where are you on that? Number two, the Bible says, love God With everything and love your neighbor as yourself. There's no way that you can love your neighbor if you're not loving yourself. How many of you love yourself? You should love yourself. I love David, how he says, God even talks, uh, David talks to God and he's like, God, I am like marvelous. You made a marvelous masterpiece. That's what David said. And God, he knew that God made him a certain way and he valued himself. You should value yourself because We're no good, we're no good to our neighbors if we're sick, if we're broke, and if we're down. It's very hard. You ever tried to help somebody when you're not doing well? It's very difficult. So that's why God says, love your neighbor as yourself. You know, the Bible even says in 1 Corinthians that this that we have, this earth suit, is not even ours. It's like we're renting it. It's like we're renting it. And he says, take care of this temple. Take care of the temple. God wants you to take care of yourself. Enough rest. A lot of times, a lot of our problems are we're just tired. How many of you, you are a different person when you're tired and you're hungry? Wave at me. Oh, only four of you, right. I'm a different person when I'm tired and I'm hungry. A lot of problems are solved just by going to sleep. (laughs) <laughs> just by getting rest. But let me ask you. See, God created all of this for us. I mean, getting in the sun, we get vitamin D. It's vital for our health. How are you with you? How are you with you? Because it needs to be a priority. Now, we, we, live, we live in New Orleans, so we like food. And God wants you to enjoy food. I mean, he even talks about it in the Bible. Enjoy your life. But how many of you know that we can go overboard sometimes? And God wants us to be able to have these healthy habits in our life so that we can be healthy and whole. How many of you want to be healthy and whole? So God says, love God and love your neighbor as yourself. What are you needing? What are you needing right now? Are you needing rest? Are you, are you needing a little exercise? My wife can tell when I haven't gotten some exercise. She's like, please go to the gym. Pent up energy. Some of you just need to go take a walk. Look at your neighbor and say, go take a walk. <laughs> because in our life, God created us to take care of this earth suit that we're, wear- we're wearing, where we're renting, so that we can help others. The third thing is this. The third thing is this. Now, you might say, you might say, okay, neighbors. But there's also a prerequisite, even with leaders, that we have to focus on our family. So, our priority is God, yourself, and your family. And I can tell you this. How many of you know that your marriage has to be a priority? Your marriage is a priority. And with you single people out there, that, that you're not married. The Bible talks to us too. Now, if you have a desire to get married, I believe that God has a great spouse for you. If you don't have a, a desire to get married, fine. But this is what Paul says. Listen to what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 7.34. It says, And the single woman is focused on the things of the Lord so she can be holy both in body and spirit. But a married woman is only concerned about things of the world and how she can please her husband. I'm trying to help you and make things easier for you, not to make things difficult, but so that you would have un- distracted devotion, serving the Lord consistently with an undivided heart. And then it speaks to men as well. So if you're single, the Bible says have an undivided heart because when you're married, it doesn't get easier to get devoted to God. So God will actually train us while we're single to be devoted to God because if you think that your spouse is just going to help you have a devotion, you're wrong. God will begin to train us and say, listen, you're not married give it all to God. Give it all to God. Well, you know you have to work and you know you have to do these things, but the Bible says you're actually divided when you're married because you have responsibilities as a marriage too. And so when you're single, give it all to God. Be on fire for him. Serve him. Do his will. A lot of times we are waiting to find a spouse to get us whole and God wants us to to begin to be focused on him and when you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness all things come say all things how many of you know that if you're single you're able to you're able listen when when you wake up in the morning and and you're married you got to tend to your marriage when you go to bed at night, before you go to bed at night, all throughout the day, you got to tend to your marriage. And it is a great blessing. But it doesn't get easier when you get married to have a devotion with God. we got to get that out of our brains. I truly believe that God will train you and get you ready for marriage. And if you're in here and you're like, man, uh, I'm discouraged because I want to get married, but I haven't found the one, focus on him and he'll bring the right one. Focus on him and he will bring the right one. And if you're in here and you're like, you know what, I I haven't, I've put these things out of whack and you are feeling overwhelmed right now, that is not God. God wants you to know this, like the song that we played earlier, God works all things for our good. So if you have hit the wall, it's okay. Because God will work all things for our good, for those that love him. How many of you believe that? So no matter how much you feel like you've messed it up, God is able to turn around. Your setback is going to become a comeback. Do you believe that? God is not done with you. He's not disappointed with you. If you hit some walls, God is called a redeemer, meaning that he can turn it around. Actually, he's an expert at that. When you think it's over, when you think you've gone too far, he is your redeemer to turn it around. Actually, you have fallen so that God can begin to teach you how to get it right, and you're going to be happier in the end. Some of you, God got you out of that relationship because it wasn't him. Some t- or some of you, even if we mess it up ourselves, God will restore that and teach us, your best days are not over. Your best days are coming up. How many of you believe that? God, God, God wants to begin to teach us so if you found yourself in these areas and you're like man I blew it guess what God is going to turn it around for your good I believe that you're going to begin to help people when you begin to walk these priorities out you're going to be able to help people go further than you did or avoid these issues how many of you believe that marriage marriage is number three did you know this is a stunning statistic are y'all okay today this is stunning. Marriage, not just in the world, but in the church as well, it is a 50-50% failure rate. 50%. So in other words, when you look at marriages, half of them, statistics say, will not last. How many of you know that's a problem? That's a problem. Marriages, God wants to help us in our marriages and so in our life our kids are a priority our family is a priority but you know what they really need they need healthy marriages now if you have been in an unhealthy marriage or a divorce I'm telling you today God can reverse that he can redeem that but how many of you know that we need to begin to have healthy marriages and God wants to prepare us to have a healthy marriage Lee and I we have checkups all the time and I, I'll be honest with you I'll be honest with you there are, like, books that we read. We're reading a book right now. It's a workbook. Like, it always starts out with, like, you don't want to know the truth, right? You're, you want to just kick the can down the road. Like, we're good, we're good, we're good. But you're not really good. You're not really good in that God always wants you to go to faith, to faith, the glory, to glory. God does not want you to just stay stagnant in your marriage. God wants to challenge you. And so what happened, what, what worked before might not work now, God has called us to have great marriages, and we actually started reading this book and, uh, and this workbook. And it, it comes down, it's really easy. I mean, it's really simple, but it's not easy. In Ephesians, it says, husbands, love your wives unconditionally. But wives, respect your husbands. And it's very simple. I have to rate myself. And then you think, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm being loving. And then uh, Leah will be like, yeah, but this time, you weren't being really loving here. And you're like, dang, I need a lot of work. And it goes both ways. Respect and love goes both ways. But how many of you know that you need God in the center to be able to have that happen? Yeah. You have to have God in the center to help you. I wanna I want to ask you, are you putting your marriage first? I talked to a guy not too long ago, um, and his marriage is, a. they're looking, they're at the brink of divorce. I said, well, when's the last time you went on a date with your wife? He was like, it had to be like, Uh, a year and a half ago how many of you know if you don't date your spouse somebody else will it's getting really quiet in here I told you it's like a uh, it's like a going to the dentist or something uh how many of you know how many of you know that it is true that you got to you have to date your spouse you have to date your spouse and do those first things that you did at the beginning I can tell you this, doing the right thing, you will feel the feelings of love like never before. When you do the right thing, when, God, when we start to love our spouse and, our, and, and there's respect and there's honor there, and we actually say, I'm sorry, come on somebody, be the first one to say you're sorry, because this is what happens, we have unmet expectations we get offended we try to love and there's a cycle of this um, going back and forth of this unmet expectations and what we really need is to be able to have clear communication in our relationships there is no way to have a healthy marriage and not clear communication you know they say there are three areas why marriage struggles the first one is communication the next one is finances and the next one is intimacy and none of those will get any better by ignoring it you know that that junk drawer that you keep ignoring anybody have a junk drawer wave at me if you have a junk drawer it, it's like that thing that you keep uh, uh, avoiding you don't how how many of you know once you put put that thing in order it feels a lot better God wants us to put these things in order in our marriage and our relationships because God wants us to have fruitful marriages. Your greatest witness right now, if you're married, is your marriage. And so how many of you want to believe that we can change that statistic, that we can change that in the church? And a lot of it is to be open with others and be open with ourselves. And I believe that in your life, if you're struggling in your marriage, if, you, if there's a strain in your marriage, God can bring healing in your marriage. The Bible says that he is our healer. And what you cannot do, God can do. Trey, come on, come on up and play for us, man. Number four, number four is our families. You know, the Bible says, you know, as leaders in the church, Make sure that your family's in order before you try to oversee somebody else. How many of you know that, that it's important to put our families first? It's important that we have families and we talk about God and we, we we bring our families to the house of God. It's important that our family is a priority. What is it to win the whole world and lose your very soul? Our families. Our families are so important. And God, you know, You know how I find a good overseer in my life? Before they ever ask me about my ministry, they're asking me about my marriage and my family. Because that's your first ministry. Your first ministry is your marriage and your family. How many of you know that God wants us to have healthy families that come together, that the parents are coming together? There's peace in the home. Kids feel okay about opening up. That you're making family days a priority. And number five, your occupation. Your occupation. The Bible says in Colossians that to work willingly as though you're working for the Lord. So we, our occupation, we're not working for a boss, we're working for God. That's what the Bible says. That we're not working for a boss, we're working for God. But can I encourage you? I know there are seasons where you have to do what you have to do, but I know people that are in jobs, they're working seven days a week for weeks, and they just live like this, and they find themselves in a place where their marriage is suffering, their kids are suffering. And I know there are seasons where you got to do what you have to do, but how many of you know their occupation shouldn't come before your family? Your occupation shouldn't become before your marriage or before God and if you're in something that is unhealthy I want to encourage you to take steps and come into faith to get out I've been in a situation before where uh, uh, environment was toxic and my family meant more even though it was comfortable being there even though uh, finances were good and there's a secure thing if you're in a miserable situation I'm not saying to quit it I'm saying take steps to do what. You're actually able to have a balanced life. Doing God wants to bless you. God wants to 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 uh, have your family blessed, your marriage blessed. But I'm telling you, if you're working a job that is working you into the ground, I believe that God will begin to open a door for you to for you to be able to have priorities in your life. And that's easier said than done. That's easier said than done because. There are times you got to work. You got to work hard, you know. But if it's something in your life over a long period of time that is hurting your family, I want to come into faith with you to begin to take steps of of beginning to find something that you're able to put priorities in place. Now, with me saying all this, if you're anything like me in this quiz, and I'm taking the quiz of my priorities, if you're anything like me, all of a sudden, I start to get overwhelmed. I start to get overwhelmed, and I I feel like I need to get to work. Anybody like that? I feel like, you know what? I just need to get to work. I need to fix all these things. I need to put all these things in order. I need to work. And that's our problem. It's because we feel like we can do it if we start to make all these changes up, but the But the truth is, God's not wanting you to just get to work. He's wanting you to get in his presence. I love that it was was Mary. It was actually Mary that, that brought this alabaster glass. Mary was always found at the feet of Jesus. It was presence. It was presence. You've heard the story of Mary and Martha, that they're in the room and Jesus is there. And Martha is running around high, being like pulling her hair out, trying to get everything done for Jesus, and, and Mary's just sitting at Jesus' feet, and Martha is so overwhelmed, she corrects Mary and Jesus. She's like, hey, I everything, and Mary's just sitting there, and Jesus said, she's found the best spot in my presence. I want to encourage you, even if you have things that you need to come in line, God wants to help you with these things. God wants to begin to help you walk these things out and get these things in line. Don't do it by yourself. I believe what God is going to do today, He's going to give you the grace to begin to put priorities in line in your life. Can you believe with me today? Can we all stand up? Stand up right where you are. I believe today that God is going to begin to align us today and it starts with being in His presence. It starts with being with him. You know, I love the scripture that says that Jesus made a way. He, he shed his blood so that we can boldly, say boldly, so we can boldly go into his presence. You can boldly go to God no matter where you've been and what you've done. The Bible says that his blood has cleansed our conscience and you can go boldly into his presence. The enemy would love to make you feel overwhelmed and condemned like you're not good enough to get in his presence. This is the secret. None of us are good enough to get in his presence. Jesus paid a price so that we can freely and boldly get into his presence. And what God wants you to do today is to say, you know what? I need you. You know what the biggest, the the best thing you can do right now is to say, God, I can't do it all. I need you. The Bible says if you begin to ask for help and wisdom, he will give it to you freely. How many of you want wisdom? Wisdom is being able to put into practice what we already know and understand. We all know these things, but it's the grace and it's wisdom to be able to put them into practice. And I want you to do something that might sound ridiculous. I want you to give up. I want you to give up trying to be perfect and I want you to begin to rely on the one that is. And you begin to say, God, I don't know how to do this in my marriage. I don't know how to do this in my family. I don't know how to do this with my family. I need to rely on you. I need to lean on you. Jesus says, Are you tired? Are you worn out? Quit doing this thing on your own. Come to me. Come to me and I will show you how to work. I will show you how to walk this thing out. I will give you the grace to do what you cannot do. Some of you just really feel like today you can't do it. And in your head, you keep saying, I can't, I can't, I can't. Paul said this, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's not me, but it's Christ in me. Can you say that with me? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Let's say it again. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. See, today I want us to freely, I want us to boldly go into his presence. I want us to be like Mary that recognizes his forgiveness, recognizes that he has smashed all the accusation and you feel the presence of God. And you go to him and he begins to give you a grace to put these things in line. If you want to start that today, can you just lift your hands right where you are? If you feel comfortable, lift your hands right where you are. You know, the Bible says that we enter his courts with thanksgiving, and we, we enter his gates with thanksgiving, and we enter his courts with praise. Can you just begin to pray, thank him right now, right where you are? Lord, we thank you. We thank you that you paid the price for us. We thank you, Lord, that you died for us on the cross, Lord. We thank you that your blood made a way that we can be in your presence, Lord, we just want to thank you for this nation. We want to thank you for our families. We want to thank you for this community, God. We want to thank you. Come on, begin to thank him. Thank you, Lord, for our health. Thank you, Lord, that you have better days ahead of us, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you've given us hope. Thank you that you've given us promises. Come on, under your breath, begin to thank God for the things that he's given us. Thank you that you put a roof over our heads. Thank you, Lord, that you begin, that that you have given us Uh, grace in our life. Thank you, Lord, that we're able to have food to eat. Thank you, Lord, that you put us in one of the greatest nations, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you believe in us, God. Right now, come on, begin to thank him. Because when you begin to thank him and you begin to acknowledge him, the Bible says you begin to enter into his presence. It's very easy. Thank you that you're a good father. Thank you that you're a a faithful friend. Thank you, Lord. We want to thank you today. We thank you that we enter into your presence with thanksgiving. Come on, with your mouth, begin to thank him. It doesn't need to be loud, but under your breath, what are you thankful for today? Come on, begin to thank him. Lord, we praise you today. We honor you today. Lord, your word says that you search the whole heart, the whole earth, to find one heart that is focused on you. and. Praising you. Let us praise you today. Lord, let us get your attention with our heart. Let us be like Mary, Lord, to say, There's nothing too costly. I want to give you my devotion because you paid the price for me. Lord, we thank you, Lord. Let your eyes go to this spot today, Lord, because you say, That's my child, and they're thankful and they're believing in my presence. They're putting me first, Lord. We thank you and we praise you. You're a good father, you're a good friend. There's none like you, Lord. You are our wisdom. You are our love. You are our redeemer. You are our shepherd. We want to praise you. Come on, begin to praise him. Begin to talk to him right where you are. Some of you, right now, right now, you're going to begin to feel like you're getting in the presence of God, and those things are going to melt off of you. The Bible says that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Can you say this after me? Say, by the blood of Jesus. I am delivered from the power of the enemy. By the blood of Jesus, all my sins are forgiven. By the blood of Jesus, I am cleansed. Come on, say it with me. By the blood of Jesus, I am justified. Those words actually mean that God's blood washes it all away. Not only does he wash it away, but he gets rid of the stain. The stain of shame, the stain of guilt, God gets rid of the shame. Lord, I thank you for everybody that is here, Lord. I thank you that in your presence, we're gonna begin to walk into these correct priorities. Now, if you're in here today or you're online and you've never given your life to Jesus, today is your day to give your life to God. The Bible says that when you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. And we have a team even right now that's going to begin to pray with you. And if you say, you know what, today I want to to give my life to God, say this after me. Say, Jesus, I ask you into my life. I turn away from my own way. I believe that you died for me, that you're alive today, and that you're here with me. I love you, I want a relationship with you, lead me and guide me in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. The Bible says that when you pray that prayer, all of heaven rejoices. All of heaven rejoices that there's a party going on in heaven, that your sins are as far as the east is to the west. And on the count of three, if you believe it today, I want to give God praise today. We're going to welcome those that came into the kingdom of God today. On the count of three, can we give God a hand? One, two, three. Come on, let's give God a hand. Let's give God a shout. We love you.